Welcome back to the Bat Around. Craig Heist along with Stan the Fan and our special guest is Ryan Zimmerman of the Washington Nationals. And Ryan, I know this has been a very difficult time for you with the oblique and everything. Number one, did you expect it to take this long? Well, you never know how long it's going to take. I think, uh, you know, the important thing is you get it right and you try and come back too early, you're going to have to have to start all over again so um you know like you said it's frustrating but it's got to stay positive and, and be you know as ready as i can when i come back and just kind of know that there'll be there'll be plenty of season left when i come back and uh just stay positive is there a timetable i mean we keep hearing it's close we keep hearing you're getting a little closer is there a timetable maybe the all-star break or uh, i mean you know you don't really put timetables on anything i think if we knew when when I would be back, we would say it. So it's hard to hard to say, but uh, yeah, things have been getting better. Everything is is trending in the right direction, and um, no setbacks or anything like that. So that's always a good thing. But uh, you know, it's frustrating, and you know, nobody wants to be out there playing more than than we do. But uh, you know, sometimes things happen, and nothing you can do about it. Since you've been out, I think this offense has tried to find consistency as far as scoring runs and continuing to, but but you guys are in a good position three games out behind Atlanta as we talk but that consistency with the offense it's just not been there guys not just firing on all cylinders what do you see well we've had an inconsistent lineup all year yeah. so once we get our consistent lineup back I think we'll have we'll have a consistent offense I well, think now injuries yeah. play a large part of that yeah I think uh, you know I think where we're at with the amount of games missed by guys that were supposed to be key key contributors is uh, you know I think we've done a really good job and that, that speaks to you know obviously Mike for, for drafting all these guys but uh, I think our minor league system for the way that they develop these guys so when it is their time to, to come up here whether it's you know someone who's been in our system for a long time and has been in the minor leagues for a while and or a 19 year old that started in low A ball that you know over the past five or Ten years, you know, there's not been too many guys that have come up here. And, you know, there's one thing to be able to come up here and say they can make it physically or not. But, um, you know, mentally and, and being able to handle themselves, I can't remember one guy that came up here and, and didn't know how to do that. So I think that kind of goes to our minor league development guys, the coaches, and the people that don't get any credit for it. But when we've had injuries like we've had a lot of this year, we continually pluck from our system and it seems like every single time every year there's one or two guys that that come up here and and kind of go above and beyond what anyone expected of them you mentioned that 19 year old we're referring of course to Juan Soto you saw Bryce Harper come up here as a 19 year old is there any similarities you can draw from watching the two of those guys at that age yeah I mean obviously there's not many guys that come up here under the age of 20 um if you're able to do that and have success, I think you know, obviously what jumps out at you is the, the physical or the maturity, the mentally and the poise and you know all those adjectives that you use to describe people who can handle pressure situations at a young age. Uh, they wouldn't be here if they couldn't do that. So I think they're very similar, you know, in those ways. Um, they're different players. Mm-hmm. They're they're com- I don't want to say completely different players, but they're very different. And, you know, the way they approach the game, the way they play the game. So it's hard to compare them that way. Uh, but, yeah, I think, you know, obviously being 19, and I think people need to, uh, you know, realize it's 100 at-bats and 
you know, he's he'll be fine. But I, I would I hate when people come out and put unneeded pressure on kids, start comparing them to people and saying, you know, he's never going to slump and he's got such a great two strike approach. No one's ever going to get him out. He's going to hit three thirty every year. Uh, all capable things that he could do, yeah. but not fair to him to put that to put all that on him after after 100 at bats. But uh, you know, with the injuries we've had, and like you said, the inconsistency that we've had offensively, you know, he's uh, he saved us for a bit here. Uh, he's kind of been the main catalyst for our offense, and you know, honestly, it's been fun to watch. I know you said you don't like to put pressure on a kid like that, but. The one thing that you do notice watching him is the fact that he does have such a great understanding of the strike zone. Yeah, and, um, you know, you can't really teach that. That's, uh, you know, you can work on it. You can try to obviously do stuff to enhance your your strike zone judgment. But uh, honestly, a lot of people are just, (laughs) you either got it or you don't. And, uh, you know, watching his at-bats, watching his approach, um, like you said, he knows the zone, but not really swinging at balls out of the zone. It's uh, you know, it's been it's been very impressive to watch. The comparison I think that you can make between this team and the one last year was the fact that last year you guys dealt with a boatload of injuries, and yet you, you had guys like Defoe, and you know when Mikey went down, and, and when Eaton went down, there were guys to step in and, and pick it all up. Goodwin in the outfield. Uh, you see a lot of that though too with this team. Well, and that's what it takes. I think, uh, you know, if you're going to be a good team, if you're going to win a division, if you're going to challenge for a playoff spot, uh, with the way that the game is nowadays, very rarely does a team go wire to wire with with the same 25-man roster. You're going to have pitchers that get banged up, uh, position players, especially especially when you have, a, uh, I say, an older team like us, uh, you know, guys don't play 160 games anymore. It's just uh, it's different than it was 10 years ago. So we always talk about, you know, it's a 40-man roster, and obviously 25 of them are here. But uh, if you want to do what you want to do and ultimately win win the World Series and, and do all that throughout the year, you're going to have to use a good amount of people. And, uh, you know, our organization does a great job of kind of having that depth. And when people get called on and it's their turn to contribute, they, they always have. From a pitching standpoint, I think one of the other things that has kept this team afloat, obviously, as it always has, is the starting pitching. When you can throw four guys out there like you do, leading with Max and Strauss, and you still have to get Strauss back healthy, uh, so that will be a plus when that happens. But Jeremy Hellickson has fit into this rotation. You know what Tanner's capable of, Geo. Uh, Jeffrey Rodriguez has come up here and shown that he's got a great live young arm. All these things bode well for the future. Yeah, and that's another, I mean, you hear about, you know, forever this was supposed to be our last year, and then for some reason after this year everything was going to crumble. Uh, it's not really looking like that anymore. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> we got two young outfielders that look like they could be pretty pretty good players in this league. Uh, Eric Fetty seems to have really kind of come into his own, sort of, couple years now from that Tommy John um, you know last year he kind of went bullpen starter back and forth a little bit uh, the few times that he's pitched up here this year it's the best I've, I've seen him and just talking with him a little bit and how he just feels more comfortable and you can tell on the mound he's got a plan he's I mean you're talking about 95 96 mile per hour fastball with you know some good some good secondary pitches so um, 
but yeah, I think the pitching, like you said, stress is banged up a little bit, but just like the position players, very rarely do your same five guys start all year. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see how a lot of these young guys pan out. And, um, you know, the future is still still very bright here. I think we uh, our window is, uh, is still wide open. Still wide open. Uh, you guys finished up the series with the Orioles on Thursday night, and you wind up taking two out of three, but you win five of six against them. And I know they're having a down year, but this series has always been pretty competitive between these two teams, and it makes it even more fun for the fans, I think, when both teams are playing well. That's not in the case now, but nonetheless, I mean, it's it's still not a rivalry, if you will, but, I mean, I think the fans still kind of get into it. Yeah, it's, it's been a cool thing to be a part of and kind of growing up in this area. Uh, you know, the Orioles were the closest team to me when I was growing up. Obviously, the Nationals didn't exist then. Um, but to see kind of our fan base grow over the last 15 years, I guess, 13, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Can you believe it's been that long? Yeah, it does go pretty quick. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when the Orioles used to come here, Nats fans used to go back to their roots, and a lot of them would wear their Orioles stuff, and, um, which I can't, you know, can't blame them for doing that. You know, it's a team a lot of these people grew up grew up rooting for. Uh, but we're to the point now where, you know, we have kids that have grown up rooting for the Nationals. I mean, I uh, I ran into a kid the other day and. So Starbucks or something in Great Falls. I say, kid, he uh, he just finished up with medical school, or he's going off to medical school, and he came up, and we were talking for 10, 10 minutes or so, and, and you know, we were leaving, and he goes, man, I just, you know, thanks, I just wanted to thank you, you know, you've been my favorite player since I was nine years old, and this kid's going off to, to med school, and I'm like, holy cow, man, that's, you know, he's 20, yeah. 22 years old. So it, it's crazy, like you said, how fast it's gone. And to think, you know, basically, you know, you really don't start rooting for a team or knowing a team until you're, you know, seven, eight, nine years old. That kid's been a national, Nationals fan his whole life. So it's been fun to kind of see our city now adopt and have a team that, you know, the Orioles have been all this time. But now we have our own kind of following. So... In that case, the rivalry and, like, when we get together with the Orioles, it's uh, it's been fun for me to watch kind of our fan base, you know, evolve. In terms of uh, heading forward now, uh, getting healthy and getting back on the field, we saw last year what happens when Ryan Zimmerman is a healthy person and he gets the at-bats. And you know the numbers are going to be what we like to call Ryan Zimmerman-type numbers. Uh does what you've gone through with the injuries this year and then maybe the three years before last season, does that give you anything floating in the back of your mind about, you know, how long you want to play this game? No, I was saying, we were just talking about that the other day. I mean, my body feels really as good as it's felt in a long time. I feel like starting not just last year, but kind of the year before that, started to make some adjustments as far as, workout routines, uh, uh, eating better, taking care of my body more, because realizing if you don't do that, uh, the game's going to kind of chew you up and spit you out pretty quick. So I feel, honestly, I feel great where I'm at right now. I feel like I have a really good handle on, you know, how to keep myself healthy for the long term. Um, you know, the oblique and things like that, is, unfortunately, are just things that are going to pop up. And last year, we, we did a really good job of not having any of that happen. And, um 
you know, honestly, I feel like if I can stay in shape and keep doing the things that I that I do, I can I can play for another four or five years. It's going to be a matter of me staying on the field. Uh, you know, like you said, when I'm on the field and I can get my bats, offensively, I feel like I can produce, and uh, I really am starting to feel comfortable at first base to the point where. Uh, moving forward, I think I can be, you know, an above-average first baseman where, you know, in times past, especially at the end and third, and when I first moved over to the first, I didn't, I don't want to say I felt like a liability, but uh, I feel like I can contribute a lot now defensively as well as offensively. So I'm excited to uh, to come back and, you know, like I had to do last year, kind of prove to people that I can stay healthy, and when I am healthy, uh, I can still be productive. But, um, yeah, for me, I just... I feel like I still have a lot of good years left. I know the shoulder was the reason for the move and everything, but uh, from from third to first. But do you ever stop to think, you know, what it would have been like to be healthy all the time and be a third baseman? We may never have found Anthony Rendon in that yeah, case. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. My career path would be would be a lot different. But like you said, Anthony probably wouldn't be here. And, yeah. Um, so I kind of in the reasoning of what everyone always says, you know, everything happens for a reason. And uh, the one thing I can say is I wouldn't change a thing about my career there's been obviously some really good times and just like anyone who's lucky enough to play as long as I have there's been there's been some bad times as well but uh I think it's all happened for a reason and hopefully uh ultimately we'll win a world series and I think that's uh that's the ultimate plan a couple of quick things before we let you go and that's two guys that we saw this week Bryce Harper Manny Machado contracts are up after this year you hear that $400 million tag thrown around all the time in the media and through the, through the pundits and, and where they might be landing and things of that nature. But in this day and age and what we've seen, especially the last couple of years in free agency where the big home run hitters, that kind of guy, the, the real run producers, they, they just haven't gotten those kind of contracts that everybody kind of thought they would. What's your take on that? Well, there's plenty of money. Well, yeah. It's not It's not that there's not enough money. It's just whether they want to give, you know, how much of their money they want to give out. And commit to how many years and that kind right. of thing, I would assume. Um, you know, those are these are two guys that, you know, the big thing now is, is, is age. Um, you know, you used to see pitchers at 30, 31 years old getting six, seven, eight-year deals. And um, position players at 32 getting five six year deals and and you know those those are things of the past and uh honestly i can't say i, bl- I blame them for that that's just <laughs> smart business i mean you know uh but i think what makes these guys difference is is obviously their age uh you know bryce i think will be 26 uh manny if he's not right there isn't far behind i don't exactly know manny's age but uh manny can obviously play a premier premier defensive position as well and you look at what he does in the field and he's one of if not one of the most you know the, the best defender out there uh so you know you have two guys that are going to be really young tons of experience proven track records those guys usually get paid because they just don't exist you know most teams have usually locked those guys up through these years they just don't make it to free agency that much so to have two of those guys out there that can instantly make a team, you know, if you're in the mix for playoffs, you go to now maybe World Series, 
consideration or if you're a team that's kind of been a 500 team you know you sign a guy like that and it takes you right into the thick of the thick of the discussion for for winning divisions and things like that so I mean they're two very special players they've uh, they've gone through the system they put the time in uh, and then now this is what they deserve this is what our system does and um, you know I hope both of them get as much money as they can possibly get but more importantly I think I hope both of them end up where they want to be because they've earned the right now to control you know their career and it's uh you know it's a privilege to do that and I hope I hope people don't get caught up in the money and the economics and really like and and just appreciate what they've done and, and who they are at what age they're at let me ask you this about one guy you play with and then I'll let you go and that's Max Scherzer when he signed the seven-year, $210, $215 million contract, whatever it was, we've seen since he's been here, he has been worth every single penny of that contract uh, that he signed. Honestly, he's probably outperformed it already. Yeah. If you look at all those cool stats that they love to use and assign money value to war, uh, I'm not huge on that stuff, but in three years yeah he's probably earned his seven years already but they don't ever tell you about that uh a couple of Cy Youngs I mean what the heck (laughs) but yeah I mean uh just the preparation the work ethic uh the talent is is undeniable obviously um but when you combine that with what he does in between each start you know how he game plans for each and every start how he attacks his weaknesses and is willing to change things and tweak things and constantly try and get better. Um, you know, honestly, it's just been a pleasure to watch every fifth day. And, uh, you know, when I'm done playing, I'll get to say that, you know, I played played behind, played with one of, uh, who knows if he keeps going like this for another few years, yeah. one of the best, if not, if not the best, certainly of our generation. Uh, but you're talking about... If he does this for a few more years, you're talking about all-time stuff, which, uh, you know, honestly is just just pretty cool to think about. And that means Hall of Fame in the end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he's not already in, yeah. uh, if he's not already in, but that's the great thing about him. He, I know for a fact he wouldn't that, think about yeah. that stuff. Uh, you know, that's kind of one of the things that makes him who he is. Uh, so it's been a pleasure to, to play with him. Ryan Zimmerman, thanks for the time. As always, get healthy, get back, have a great second half, and get this team to another NL East title. That's the plan. Thanks, Heisty.